Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Genesis 45 and 1. Then Joseph could not restrain himself. For chapters, he's restrained himself. And uh, his brothers have been coming in and out. And, and um, he says, you know what, make everyone go, go out for me. He, he's dressed in Egyptian garb and clothing. You know, he, actually, men in, in that culture wear actually eyeshadow and, and makeup. It's a whole thing. Um, and, and his brothers didn't realize that it was him. His head was bald, so he had no hair on his head. So, and, and they hadn't seen him for 13 years. 17 to, to 30, there's a big difference in the way a person looks, bald-headed and, and just, just a whole thing, looking like an Egyptian. And he had choked down his emotions for, for, for chapters, but finally, he just couldn't take it any longer. And when he sent everyone out of the room, he's, no one stood with him any longer while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. Now, ultimately, this is a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ himself, who was also rejected by his own people and, and crucified, etc. Perhaps even Joseph, when it says here, he made himself known to his brothers, perhaps he, he, he took up parts of his robe and, and it showed them some of the, the scars that they knew he had from the time he was a youth. Maybe he showed him uh, they, he showed them some of the, the birthmarks, maybe, that, that, that he had on his body that on, they know only Joseph had, just as Jesus did with Thomas. And, and, and maybe it was a very, very, very similar event. Skip to verse 4. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you crucified, whom you sold into Egypt. But the next verse is what I want you to see. But now, he wasn't bitter. This is so important. We go through stuff, we get so bitter. We say, well, well, well if, you, if what happened to me happened to you, how do you know what happened to me? The issue is not what happened, it's how you respond to it. And we know that Joseph's ready because there's no bitterness in his response. And as long as you are angry and bitter, you are not ready for next. said, but now, do not therefore be angry or grieved with yourselves. See, most of us want to pound a flesh. See, I told you I was going to be sad. I told you. I told you. None of that. Don't be angry with yourselves because you sold me here. In chapter, uh, a little bit later, he, he says, what you intended for evil, God meant for good. That's why I ain't, I'm, not, I'm not mad at anybody because what you did to me just made me stronger. What you did to me just made me pray harder. What you did made me learn how to forgive and how to love and, and, and taught me to be kinder and more merciful. And it began to mellow me and it reduced me of my pride. So I, I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at life for what it's done to me. But now don't, don't be angry with yourselves because, because you're so me. For, for God was working something out. And you say, I'm mad at my spouse. I'm mad at my child. What they did. God's working something out. Yeah, the devil's trying to do, but God is still working something out. For God sent me before you to preserve your life. This is what I want to say. In the wilderness, God literally rained down bread from heaven, manna. Because there were no convenience stores, no Wawa, no Walmart, none of that stuff. 
So that was the only way they were going to get it. Also, they were in the wilderness. They didn't have water fountains like they do around here. It was in the desert. So the people were thirsty. He made water come out of a rock. One time, you know, Elijah was hungry, the prophet. God decided, you know what? I'm going to send you food through the ravens, birds of the air. In the New Testament, we see that Peter had a tax problem. How many of y'all have, don't raise your hand, had a tax problem? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> well, well, he had some taxes he needed to pay. And Jesus told him, he said, go fishing, Peter. Use the skill you have. Pay attention. He was a fisherman. Use the skill you have. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? And the first fish will provide for your taxes. So he went fishing, and God made a fish literally swallow up a coin. It was a two drachma tax. So there was, there was, there was drachma in his mouth. And he caught the fish, and in the fish's belly, or in the, I'm sorry, the fish's mouth was, 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 was a coin. Now, God sometimes does those types of things. But most of the time, in the Bible, when God preached a message, it was through a person. When God fought a battle, it was through an army. When God decided that he wanted to prosper the land, it was through a farmer's crops. And when he healed the sick, it was through the laying on of human hands. It's amazing how God insists on using ordinary people to do extraordinary things in his extraordinary plan. The point I want you to see here is that God could have fed Joseph's brothers using birds. He could have fed them, made, made water come out, I mean, manna come out of the sky. He, there's a zillion things he could have done. But the way God provided for the 12 tribes of Israel was through Joseph. It was through a person. Many times, matter of fact, most of the time, matter of fact, in my life, if God wants to bless me, he sends a person. Likewise, if the devil wants to curse me, he sends a person. Don't look at nobody. God uses people. And in order, God could have done a million things. But what he did is he allowed Joseph to go into slavery. And you see, God's providence is working all along. Potiphar worked for Pharaoh, kind of his bodyguard. He's part of his, you know, his, his, his service there. So by Joseph working with Potiphar, he starts learning how to conduct himself around Pharaoh. He's learning you know, just certain things are caught, other things are taught. You know, vice versa, you know how to mean. But he's watching certain people coming in, the Pharaoh's people coming. He's overhearing conversation. So he's, God is actually preparing him all along to be in the Pharaoh's court by having him serve someone in the Pharaoh's court. And often you got to serve your way up to the top. Find someone who's doing what you want to do, roll up your sleeves and help them and watch what God does for you. The point I'm making is God did not, in this case, you know, rain down manna. He used a person. Nine times out of ten in our lives, God is going to use people. Luke 6 and 38. I want to read it in the King James Version. And uh, I might be a little five minutes over time today, but I, I want to finish all of these points. The King James Version says this in a way that's very, 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 very helpful. By the way, Jesus is speaking. How many of you know Jesus got it right? Okay. He said, give 
and it shall be given unto you. That's a principle. That's a spiritual law. You can't get around it. But also the reverse is true. If you don't give, it won't be given. So if you're always saying, I can't get a break, who are you giving a break? Because the Bible says, what measure you meet shall be measured back unto you. And maybe if everybody's always judging you, maybe because you're always judging everybody. I'm just talking. I'm just talking. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just talking. But let's, let's get back to the, the message real quick. Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Watch this. Shall men. Shall what? People. Give into your bosom. So who does Jesus intend us to typically be blessed by? People. So if you want to enjoy wealth, manage your relationships. Treat people like they matter. There's a saying in the world, it's not what you know, who you know, meaning relationships can make the difference between not having a job or, or being promoted on it. You understand what I'm saying? Another way to say this that might even help more, it's cheaper to keep her or him. It's cheaper to work that thing out versus splitting everything in half. Deuteronomy 8 and 18. Moses, change your mind, change your life, right? Change your mind, change your life. Moses is about to give us directions on how to handle wealth. And the Jewish people have read Moses. They know Moses. And they learn from Moses. And this has been a great help to Jewish people throughout history. And my prayer today is that you would not be so religious but biblical and begin to read these passages for what they say versus uh, whatever other lens you might want to put on top of it. Moses says this. Now, the context of this statement is wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get what? Wealth. Stop forgetting God in your finances. Thank you, all six. Now, now here's the problem, though. People misread this passage. I mean, it's right before us. We, we can read exactly what it says, but we don't read with our eyes. We read with our minds. People think that this passage, that God promises us wealth. That's not right. That's our problem. That's why, okay, I'll pause that thought. No, let me say this. Just catch, know my spirit. Listen, God has blessed me with surprise checks in the mail, and I appreciate all that. But what we do is we're like, well, you know what, I, Lord, I, I want a check to come in the mail. I, I want to find, you know, $100, you know, uh, under the seat. You know, I go into the movies, and I just happen to find. Listen, God does those. He's, he's incredible, and he's, he's creative. But God does not promise wealth. He promises to give us the power or the ability to produce wealth. They are not the same things. So stop waiting for God to send it when he's already given each of us the anointing to go out and get it. Do you hear me? 
I don't want you to mishear me, but that's why I get mad at these people on television. Send me this money in, and then you're going to get a check in the mail. Stop that. God can do that. He does do that, and, and, and that's fine. But you can't train people like that. You're sitting there waiting for somebody who worked to send you. Okay. 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 For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Here's the thing. I know you're listening, but you still read that wrong. There's a huge difference between having money, pay attention, and having wealth. My best definition of wealth is not how much you make. See, we think if I just get, you know, six figures, no, I'll be well. No, no. Wealth is not how much you make, but how long you can live without a job. Pay attention to what I just said. Some of us have six figures, make six figures. Praise the Lord for that. Excited about it. You know, great. You know, kudos, whatever. Okay? But, but. Lose your job for three months. No. So lose your job for a month. The bank is going to come and remind you who owns your house. There's going to be a slip on the door saying we're taking back. All that stuff that you used to impress people with. All that stuff you, you attach your self-esteem to. That car you drive, and then you hear the beep, beep, beep in your driveway, and the tow truck done backed up. But you were driving and feeling like you were on top of the world rich. You weren't rich. Change your mind, change your life. Y'all with me? How long can you live without a job? That's your measure of wealth. Do you have assets that if push came to shove, you could sell to take care of the rest of your life? But we're driving thinking we're something because we got a paycheck every week, but just give it 30 days. And everyone's going to remind us who's really wealthy in our lives. So this series is not or has not been about making money. It's been about establishing or making wealth. And here's the other thing that, that is going to challenge your thinking. You don't have to make a lot of money to become wealthy. You don't need a lot. You just need to be able to maintain without income. That's wealth. You get me? So, so you know, use like a six-figure. No, let me tell you something. You could do something with, with, with five figures if you begin to manage it properly and according to the book. For it is God who gives us, or he, who gives us power to get what? Wealth. As my pastor used to say, if you don't know the purpose of a thing, abuse is inevitable. So why does God give Wealth. First, stop confusing your paycheck with wealth. 
Stop confusing money with wealth. They're not the same thing. But why does he give wealth? See, the thing is, you're praying for money. And that might be what God's given you, but that's your problem. God has promised wealth, and you're shooting for money. Pay attention. For it is God who gives us power to get wealth, watch this, that he may establish his covenants. So why does God make his people wealthy? So we might have all the resources that we need to share his covenant of mercy and grace to a dying world. So the purpose of, see, you want money so you can look like your neighbor. You want money so you can have bragging rights. God said, listen, I don't even want to give you money. I want to give you wealth, which is far better, but with a purpose or end in mind that you would use a part of it to establish my what? Covenant. So what we do is we're like, well, you know what? I, 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 I'm going to get this money and I'm going to get this stuff. We're so busy with our stuff, and I don't have enough stuff. And let me tell you something. A com these commercials will convince you you need stuff you don't need. I mean, no, I'm serious. Your car is working just fine. But, man, on that commercial, oh, my gosh, it's like, oh, God, I got to. No, you don't. All day long, we're being convinced we need stuff we don't need. And the problem is we buy it. We get so focused on getting more stuff that we disqualify ourselves from amassing wealth the way God wants us to, to establish his covenant. But, you no, know, please hear me. I covered this in prior messages, but it's just, I get, I get, I get, I get, I spend, I get, I spend, I get, I spend, I get, I spend. And that's the cycle. And then the more we get, the more we spend. And then we have nothing to pass on to our children. In fact, the Bible said a good man leaves inheritance for his children's children. Why is that happening? Change a person's mind, change a person's life. Matthew 6 and 32. Listen to Jesus. How many of you know Jesus, you know, when he says something, he means it and, and he knows what he's talking about? He said, therefore, do not. What does do not mean in the Greek? Do not. It means to cease, avoid, forego, desist, stop. He says, therefore, stop worrying about three things. In fact, don't even talk about them. But these are the three things that are always on our minds and we keep talking about. Do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? And that's, that's, that's some of our whole conversations. Watch what Jesus says. He said, don't do it. You have a different mind. You have a different kingdom. You don't think like the world thinks. He said, for after these things, the Gentiles seek. People without a covenant with God think that way. Matter of fact, the King James Version says the pagans think that way. 
And here's the deal. We have these tongue-talking, spirit-filled believers talking like pagans, thinking like pagans. Jesus is trying to change the thinking of his disciples. He said, this is what the Gentiles are talking about and worried about. For you're different. Your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. God knows what you need. Don't sweat the small stuff. God will handle the small. Don't even waste your time thinking about it. I, have, I had two children in the house. They, they're living outside the house now. But, but I'll tell you, never did they come home saying, Daddy, can I have some food? Never did they walk in the house saying, Daddy, can I have some water from the faucet? When mother just put food on the table, there was no asking. There was just thank you. You hear what I'm saying? There was no request, just gratitude sometimes because I'm their daddy. Now, if, if just a natural fallen man would honor his children by taking care of their needs, how about our heavenly Father in heaven? And God is saying, Jesus is saying, change your mindset. Don't even bother God with that. God's got that stuff. That's what God does. He, we, we call him Abba, Daddy God. He got you in that area. I want you to aim higher. Think higher. Stop thinking so small, so tiny. Stop focusing on stuff that, that God, listen, it don't take any real strength for God to pull any of that off because he's God. Another place said, listen, you know, uh, the flowers of the field, they, they don't spin or toil, but, but they are clothed better than Solomon. Another place said, you know, the birds, you know, they, they, they ain't worried. They, they, they're not upset because they know their Heavenly Father provides for them. Birds are so free. They just go from place to place expecting to find a worm. And what God is saying, when it comes to these natural things, just expect God to do God in that area. In verse 33, it says, but but I think it will help you more if you read it instead. Instead of thinking about, what am I going to wear? What am I going to drink? How am I going to pay my mortgage? I'm not making fun of nobody. Been there, done that. Hear what I'm saying? Instead, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Use your resources first to expand the kingdom. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.